said, oh, <laughs> so you guys are getting married and you don't speak the language. You said, no. <laughs> we crossed one river and I think eventually we crossed another. And then there came this very big storm. And I said to myself, oh my God. Welcome to the journey. My name is Neville D'Angelo. Our guest is Henrique Anton. Olá, tudo bem? Eu sou Henrique Anton e estou no programa Na Jornada com Neville D'Angelo. Our theme today is Starting Over. This is starting over with a twist. A very remarkable twist. <laughs> Along the journey, we stop at intriguing places and meet fascinating people with novel solutions to some of life's tricky little problems. We play a few games too, and attract the remarkable characters of three classic books. Soundbite Life, Flight of the Fused Monkeys, and Illicet, A Time to Begin Again. All of which you can get in your favorite format from Amazon or Barnes & Noble. Forgetting those things which are behind, reaching for what is before us, we press toward the prize. Enrique and I knew each other in our youth, those formative years, as it were. As a bright teen, he made a bold, courageous move. He migrated to Amazonia. There he met a great man who gave him an opportunity of a lifetime. Enrique Anton took it, learned from it, and expanded. Then he saw the opportunity to make a substantial difference 
to many lives. So he built a school. Then he expanded it to eight schools. In the process, he learned many life-affirming lessons, becoming the best you can be with what is at hand, ever pressing forward behind the darkest storm there is a sun in the deepest waters there is hope then something happened ladies and gentlemen let us meet Enrique Anton he will take us on a journey into the Amazon through a life-changing experience that brought him to this starting over starting over with a twist a very remarkable twist. Enrique, I'm very, very, very excited to have you uh, with us on the journey. How are you doing? I'm very well, and I just love the the varies that were repeated. <laughs> I've been privileged uh, to be on your program. Tell exactly. us about a little about who you are. Uh, what is Brazil like? Okay, sure. But first of all, I'd like to you know I'd like to tell everybody that is listening to this program, um, all the radio listeners, I posso falar com as pessoas que falam português também no Brasil, translating, I can be talking maybe to somebody that speaks Portuguese. And I just want people to know that I'm a great fan of yours. Um, ah. I've never pretend that you have impacted my life in a very tremendous way and in a very positive way. Um, and I think growing up, it's so important for us to have uh, role models uh, because we grasp a little bit of them, and I think, and we bring a little bit of everybody, and we form our personality. Um, and you know, I remember really looking up to you, um, <laughs> and I love these role models. I remember being like 15 years old, and Neville George would be coming into the Bishop's High School um, <laughs> because we would have the inter-school Christian fellowship meetings. Right. And I remember being a part of the meeting, and when they would say, "Okay, who do you suggest to be the speaker for Wednesday?" <laughs> it would be on Wednesdays, I think, at three o'clock. Yes. And, you know, you were like always on top of the list. People wanted you to be there, um, and you know. I was all excited every time you got there because I knew you from um I knew you through my brother. Right. So you know, just getting a little high from you that would you know, that would make <laughs> my day. Oh my god, he talked to me and then my other friends looking on, do you know that guy? I said, Of course. And I remember vividly, um, you know, you would talk about smiling and the importance <laughs> of giving a very bright smile. You see what a terrific memory I have. I I just so noticed your brother you know, and and you, you certainly have one of the most beautiful smiles. Oh my goodness! Like, oh, would you tell Would you tell them how much I've paid you to say all of this? <laughs> and I feel privileged that I'm able to tell you this because, okay. you know, um, yeah, as a human being, I feel that uh, I don't know if the radio listeners, if you're listening to me, I don't know if you agree with me, but I think very often it's so very easy for us to criticize other people to say negative. things things and it seems to take an effort to say oh I love your clothes you have a beautiful smile those are very nice shoes um, or you know I love your service on the plane and I'm telling that to a flight attendant it mm. seems very hard so I'm in the process of you know loving doing this and I'm saying it from the bottom of my heart because that's <laughs> exactly what I think of you uh, and I told you, you that my sister said somewhere along the line I said what did you think of Neville George she said oh my god I would run away from him I said what <laughs> conversation with him because you know his English was perfect oh, you know, boy. He was, like so dynamic and um, 
outstanding. So many people looked up to you. Um, uh, thank you very much. So I'm very happy to be on your program. Uh, well, uh, thanks for being here. Now I, d I don't know how I'm going to conduct the hearing. <laughs> 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 okay, we can go to Portuguese. <laughs> yeah, but maybe you can speak in Portuguese. <laughs> I wouldn't understand a word. But thank you very much, Enrique. Um, of of course, you you were someone to really well to know. Um, a, a lot of us remember you from Dixie, uh, being Dixie in one of my plays. But as a person, you were a joy to be around. So I, I it was mutual. It is not one side. What a director and what a director you were. Oh. I mean, that was like amazing for me again. I oh my goodness! At sixteen years old, to be directed by you and to be on stage. <laughs> And that role played an impact in my life. I'm going to tell you something. Uh -huh. You know, recently I've been thinking, oh, my God, if I were given the chance to have that role again uh -huh. or to be on stage to repeat that, I would do so much better because I think I've improved, you know. And we all improve because <laughs> yeah. life can be a school for us. It but is. then I thought, oh, my God, you're not 16 anymore. And you can't, so the role is not going to be yours. <laughs> me you I, I i am sweating <laughs> right now okay, I'm sorry. So, uh, uh, we will be right back at the point where brazil venezuela and guyana meet a mysterious mountain rises beyond the clouds like a remote island in the sky. A lost world, an ancient land untouched for millions of years, lost in the mist of time. It is called Mount Roraima, a sacred tepui, a biologist's paradise with a massive waterfall flowing from millions of years at its base. This is the backdrop and backyard of Peter, whose life-empowering true story is told in Illicet, a time to begin again. Nature has sculptured some of the most stunning, magnificent, and mysterious formations on this tabletop mountain, with its sheer breathtaking cliffs and ancient rocks, considered to be amongst the oldest geological formations on Earth, dating back to some two billion years. It is a staggering landscape inhabited by unique creatures, insect-eating plants, nomad plants, snakes, spiders, and frogs known nowhere else, having developed there in isolation. Renowned for its embedded treasures, gold, mysterious crystals, and unusual orchids, this vast plateau in the sky is the pivot of several life-transforming journeys shared in Illicet, a time to begin again. Inspiring explorations of the four most powerful universal influences 
shaping humankind. Mantrarama. It is dubbed by National Geographic one of the Edens of our world. I am back with Enrique Antoine. So, how is life in Brazil? Of course, it's beautiful, and, and I'm very proud of it. I think it's important to follow your passion. Yes. And my passion was to um, to be a teacher. My mm-hmm. passion was to teach English um, as a foreign language. Mm-hmm. And um, and then I had the privilege of living um, in the, one of the most exotic regions of the world, and I would say, and which is Amazonas. Um, that is this, one of the states in Brazil. So I actually lived in Manaus. Mm-hmm. Manaus would be the capital city of the state of Amazonas in Brazil. Right. So it's a beautiful city. It's an exotic city where you're surrounded by nature. You're surrounded by forests and you're surrounded by rivers and um, animals and everything that is exuberant and exotic. And so it's the place to be. It's a place to visit. Um, um, so that... that made that connection and then um i started teaching uh english as a second language and i loved that um and i remember teaching uh the song to serve with love uh-uh. that was like in 1983 mm-hmm. um, and singing along with all the students and they sang beautifully and they, they just loved it it's all a part of the process of learning english as a foreign language mm-hmm. Um, so I remember the songs, and I can remember the faces, and remember names, and remember places, and remember emotions, and remember the smiles coming out just from singing the song, and people wanting to sing again and again. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like one of the richest experiences. Um, and very often, I think we feel as teachers, we are teaching. But I learned so much from every student because every class is different and every student is different and every experience is unique. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was overwhelming and um, overjoying, um, um, you know, being in the classroom on a daily basis, mm-hmm. um, doing that. And then, um, you know, so after I've been doing that for, uh, let's say, from 1983 to 1991, I said to myself, um, maybe some more, more challenges. I think it's so important for us to have a dream and to have goals and aspirations and go after them. Um, because I think these goals and, you know, uh, they give us more motivation and more energy, of course. Right. Right. And then I was invited in 19, um, I was invited pretty early. It was not in 1991, I'm sorry. Like, I think it was like in 1986, after having taught English as a second language in Manaus for three years, I was invited to be the coordinator of one of the FISC schools. FISC is um, one of the largest networks of language schools in the world, actually, whose founder is Richard Hugh Fisk, American. Um, that when he went to Brazil in the 1950s, mm-hmm. um, and you know, just started with one school. He's my idol, mm-hmm. you know, Richard Hugh Fisk. He's one of them. Um, and you know what? I thought it impressive in his story. He said he went to the city of São Paulo in Brazil, and he opened that first school. And when he was about to put the sign up in front of the school, he wrote Escolas Fisk in English. It would be Fisk schools. And he wrote it in the plural. And I said to myself, what a visionary, mm-hmm. because he knew he would open more others. 
And then FISC became, um, after some years, the largest network of English as a second language schools in the world, with uh-huh. schools in Argentina, um, Japan, Uruguay, Paraguay. We used to have some schools in the United States. Um, and so I, you know, I was privileged to work with this organization in the 1980s, and then I was invited to be the coordinator of the school. Mm. Um, and then I said, okay, how do you do that? Um, okay, so, you know, I haven't studied administration at university, so what do you do? <laughs> um, so you just remember the best. So I thought of, okay, like uh, my headmistress from school or other leaders, the way they would uh, um, approach, you know, like running things. Um, business people, and I just started copying a little bit of everybody, and I think I did fairly well. Um, so um, yeah, and that was that was like a very nice experience. Now you you become like I've become a leader, and um, <laughs> it was you know uh, at the beginning um, learned a lot, and I of course eventually got better and. Um, but, but where did you where did you just get, you got the experience on the job or or did you um, how did you make that transition from teaching to to leading these the the group? I got the I got the experience on the job, like <laughs> making all the mistakes possibly that I could. You know, right. um, I needed to become uh, a better person. I needed to become uh, a better human being. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think in the process of being a leader, you know. We need like some qualities. You need to be very uh, respectful to other people. You need to be very patient. Um, um, their qualities. You need to be very determined. <laughs> so I, it was like a learning process because I hadn't studied that at school. So I just learned on the job. I read some books. I thought of leaders who had influenced me. And um, the first year, I think it was tough, but then it worked um, because I remember um, I remember one of the experiences. I'm seeing like the other partners of the company. I'm just a, a staff member, mm-hmm. and I saw the other partners of the company, and I saw, um, you know, I don't know, people playing dominoes at a, a one of the reception desks, and I said, that's not appropriate. <laughs> and I said to the to, to the partners of the company, I said, you know, but <laughs> I told them, I said, you know, I don't think that's appropriate. You know, this is a. a an institution, you know, we're teaching and, um, you know, just having people come into the school and you're just playing dominoes and so on. Mm-hmm. So I started challenging people, you know, I think um, that personality within in a very nice way. And then um, they did obey. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I just learned that on the job and it was um, okay. Um, so um, from there, I, uh, you know, I think some new challenges came along and um, I had the opportunity of opening um, one of my own schools. It's a part of the franchise system of language schools um, from Fisk. Mm-hmm. So I went to a city called Itacoatiara. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a small town in the state of Amazonas, um, in the north of Brazil. And I just opened one, sco- one school there. So then I just moved from coordinator and um, moved to being the director of a language um, institute. And um, that was a very nice experience. And, you know, from there, you know, things just happened. Um, And by the grace of God, and I think because of the fact that I've had so many angels in my life, I'm sure you, radio listener, um, you've also had angels in your lives and people who have impacted you. 
um, and have made the difference. And, you know, they're always praying for you and they're always interceding. Um, so through it all, I mean, I can say, you know, remembering, um, I, I, I'm talking about these angels because I remember even right there in Brazil, right there in the Amazon region, mm -hmm. I'm having experiences like going fishing on one of the rivers there and, um, and uh, you know, like almost drowning and um, <laughs> they were like some I think there were like maybe four or five very close experiences um, very close to death oh boy nothing happened and you know afterwards I would question myself and I'd say oh my god but why not and from there okay from the school in Itacoatiara in the state of Amazonas um, I just thought maybe after a while I was capable of more and from there uh, I was able to expand from being the owner, the director of one franchise in the state of Amazonas. From there, I moved to this, another state called Acre, mm -hmm. uh, the capital of Rio Branco, opened mm -hmm. another school, and then eventually expanded back in the state of Amazonas, where I had started as an English teacher. Mm -hmm. And um, in the end, so I was just like running and being in charge of... Uh, eight or nine different schools in three different states of Brazil. Mm. Um, so that was, um, and then that a lot of responsibility, you know, so I put into practice everything I'd learned over the 20-year the period, <clears throat> um, teaching and being an, an, a coordinator, administrating and all that. Mm -hmm. So it was like a very wonderful experience. That's, that's good. Now you made a change after that, or you decided that it was time for a change. What 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 prompted that? What prompted that? Um, yeah, I thought the moment had come. Mm. Um, I think sometimes, as human beings, we need to have the courage um, after doing something for a number of years, and you've it has given you joy and pleasure. Um, sometimes we need to have the courage to realize, okay, that is enough. Uh, you've mastered that. Now it's time to move on. You can do something else. You can go after ch new dreams, new challenges, new goals, uh, new objectives. Mm -hmm. um, and I just felt in my heart, you know, I felt over the last months, um, <clears throat> probably there was not the same joy anymore. Mm -hmm. um, there was probably not the same satisfaction. And something kept pushing me for change. Mm -hmm. Um you know, and I've seen other people do it. I've seen other people know you. Um, I've seen like Oprah Winfrey after 25 years stepping down and doing something over a very great woman, an inspiration to so many people. Mm -hmm. And then I said to myself, why not me? And then I just said to myself, okay, this is the moment. This is my moment. The time has arrived. Mm -hmm. Um like a personal investment. I know of a lot of people, if a lot of people have done this, if you're listening to us, um, you just say, okay, I'll stop that. Uh, <laughs> close that cycle right. beautifully. Well, we will be right back. Our guest is Enrique Antoine. Our programs of The Journey are available free as podcasts, also from iTunes, and downloadable from Block Talk Radio. You can find us on ryosports.com, that's R-Y-O-S-P-O-R-T-S.com, at matchboxmystery.wordpress.com. You will find many other links and links to our guests, games, books, and upcoming programs. Uh, be sure to check out our link to Monk for Rima 
and to illustrate a time to begin again. We're back with Enrique and John. Enrique, you had pointed out to me a couple of very close encounters that left you full of gratitude. Can you share this with the audience, please? A friend of mine, she said, Enrique, I'm getting married, and can you be the interpreter? I said, why do you need an interpreter? She said, well, my husband-to-be is from South Africa. I said, oh, (laughs) so you guys are getting married, and you don't speak the language. She said, no. So, okay, I said, what an honor for me to do that then. Okay, so I was invited. Um, We went... um, the judge uh, in Brazil, I mean in Portuguese we say juiz, I hope it's judge, mm-hmm. uh, performed the wedding there and um, and then we traveled, we left Manaus mm-hmm. and we went to one of the ru- one of the counties in the state of Amazonas called Iranduba um, where she lived mm-hmm. and um, so we went to the restaurant, we went to her brother's house, we had dinner together and all of that, it was wonderful and you know um, I think it was wonderful for them because when you're an interpreter and you're having dinner, I mean, they're eating and you have to talk because you're, you know, you're translating for them. Mm-hmm. So um, I've learned that when you're an interpreter, you have to eat before and after, before <laughs> dinner and after dinner, and twice because then you eat more. You know, it's uh, even better that way. And uh, so then I turned to her. That it was like around 10 p.m. and they said, "Okay." I said to them, "I'm well. Now I've done my part." You don't need me. Love is a very universal language. Mm. So, um, and I said to them, I said, listen, if you knock on my door after 10 p.m., I'm not available. (laughs) I'm not here. I'm not around. You cannot find me. And then uh, the following day, um, my South African friend, he wanted to go fishing. Mm -hmm. We said, okay, we're going to go fishing. My friend from South Africa, another Brazilian friend, um, they were the the three of us. Mm-hmm. And uh, we took a canoe that had, I don't know if you say that in English, it had an engine or a motor, we say in Portuguese, mm-hmm. um, so that, you know, made the journey faster. And we crossed this very huge river in the Amazon. It's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. You need to be there. You need to take a journey with us and go um, in the Amazon region of Brazil. Um, so, you know, it was like... Late afternoon, we crossed one river, and I think eventually we crossed another. And then there came this very big storm. Mm. And I said to myself, oh, my God, what am I in for? This is going to be an experience of a lifetime. (laughs) Yes, uh, I knew that. And then so the water started coming in the canoe, and it kept going from one side to the other. And I was just like waiting for the moment for it to capsize. Mm-hmm. That's the word I think in English. Yes. Um, turnover. Mm-hmm. And um, my friend from Africa, this white, blue-eyed man, he became green. <laughs> my other Brazilian friend, he was dumb, and nobody said anything. Mm-hmm. And I said to myself, you know, I thought for a few seconds. I said to end this because I know this is the end. So why wait? <laughs> you mean the why end is in the end of your life? The end of my life. I'm saying, why wait for the for the <laughs> to turn over? So I thought for a few seconds. So why don't you jump into the river to be eaten by whatever? <laughs> you know, it, it's going to be faster. And some, I'm serious. And something inside of me. This was like in at the end of the 1980s. And something inside me said, no. We could not see anything. 
and it was raining heavily. We could not see any side of the river. We could not any side of anybody. We could not see at all. Mm-hmm. And so I thought of jumping into the river. And then I whispered a very silent prayer. Mm. And do you believe in God? I do. Um, from that storm, I think after 10 minutes, there came that, uh, ev- the river became calm. And um, it was unbelievable. Like 15, 20 minutes, minutes later, mm-hmm. okay, water kept coming in. We kept taking the water out. But, you know, um, the great difficulty, the impossible happened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I said that to myself, you know, we, God calmed the waters. Yeah. And we were able to reach the other side. Um, I said a, a silent prayer of gratitude again. And um, just, I said, I'm going to laugh about all of this for the rest of my life. So when we got back, I just went to one of the fishermen. We were fishermen. We were on the other side um, where the fishermen were. Mm. I said, Mister, in Portuguese, of course, uh, fisherman would be pescador. I said, Can you lend me one of your fish? I just <laughs> want to take a picture that I did catch something. <laughs> so that, because after all of this, I want to say, Hey, look what I caught. You know? Um, and you know, Neville, um, I, I, I said, like, I said to myself, I would never go to that place again. Mm-hmm. Um, I did not want to go to that sea, that town again, because it reminded me of that experience. So, um, 20 years later, I was invited to be an interpreter again, and I was invited to go again, mm-hmm. um, for an American doctor. Mm-hmm. And this is the second, this is the first time after that episode. And as, as we're on the highway going, um, the person driving just lost control of the car. Mm. And then I saw this big truck coming in our direction. <laughs> and I said to myself, I told you, <laughs> you go again, you're going to the same place. <laughs> and um, I said, this is it. You know, like uh, the doctor who I was going to translate for, close your eyes. The other person in the backseat did the same, and I said, oh, my God. So we were going from one side of the road of the highway to another. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly it came, the car just got off the road mm-hmm. and crashed, went into the forest, mm-hmm. into the trees mm-hmm. along the highway. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, now it's going to turn over, and um, I don't know what's going to be the end. It's going to uh, be on fire or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again... Nothing happened to any of us or to the car. And then I knew that I could return to that town as often as I wanted. (laughs) And then talking to my sister, Mm -hmm. my angel sister, Vanessa, Mm -hmm. and um, she said, you know what? I got in contact with one of her neighbors. I saw this uh, angel, as I call her, Miss Mm -hmm. Mary, for the last time when I was seven years old. And I totally lost contact, and I'd been out of contact for more than 30 years. And my sister said to me, you know what? We got in contact with Miss Mary, and she said that she had been praying for us for more than 35 years, even though she had no contact with us. Mm. And she, she, she took out her Bible and showed my sister a picture of Vanessa as a baby. 
Mm. And she said, I kept this picture and I prayed for all your brothers and sisters because I wanted you to be successful in life and I wanted God to protect you. And that's when I understood. That's why I came very close to death on five occasions in Brazil and nothing happened to me. I'm here, blessed by God, telling the story. God is great. God is wonderful. We will be right back. I'm back with Enrique Anton, who wants to say hi to the listener on the sofa. And Enrique, can you share with us some about the cuisine, your favorite cuisine in Brazil? Hello again to my friend that is sitting in the sofa. Yes, I'm talking to you. (laughs) (laughs) How are you? I hope you're having a good time. Yes. Uh, I'll take you on a journey to um, the north of Brazil, the state of Amazonas. Um, where we have like delicacies. Uh, one of my favorite dishes uh, would be feijoada. Uh, feijoada, it comes from feijão, that means beans. Mm. Um, and, you know, it's um, a delicacy uh, served especially for, for lunch, and it's a, tradi- a tradition to, to have feijoada at most Brazilian restaurants, especially on Saturdays. Mm. Um, so it's a mixture of black beans with... Uh, um, meat from uh, from from the pig, like uh, the pigtail. Um, English, I need to improve a little bit of that. I don't remember the names of some of the meat that you put, the, the meat that we would put in pepper pot, right, or right. the meat that we would, uh, the pigtail and the. What do you uh, call what do you call it in Brazilian Portuguese? Okay, in Brazil, ohabo, do, do, ohabo, um, um, what else? A lingua, uh, the tongue um, of the of the cow. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? The um, <laughs> I'm having fun trying to remember here and remember the names. But anyway, so it's all mixed up right. with the beans, the meat from the pig, uh, from the pig or cow, uh, mixed up in the black beans. Um, you add salt and a lot of uh, special ingredients. Um, a very good cook, like Mr. Keith Yearwood, I think he would be <laughs> a great job helping. Hello, Keith. I'm mentioning your name. <laughs> Um, yeah, so you mix that all up um, with salt, mm-hmm. and then it's served with rice mm-hmm. uh, or some other uh, and some other vegetable, and then you would like cut an orange, mm-hmm. beautifully decorated, mm-hmm. uh, uh, um, and you would have that for lunch. It's called feijoada, mm-hmm. um, and that's delicious. Um, I'm not gonna describe any other dishes. I think I'm gonna get into <laughs> a lot of trouble and try to remember the yeah. names in English and how you describe that. But was I'm that was that your favorite your favorite of all dishes or just one of them? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, what dish I would ask myself, what dish don't I like? <laughs> <laughs> I'm very much like that too. I like so many things. Yeah, that was one of my favorites. <laughs> um, you know, I looked forward to Saturdays, I looked forward to lunch on Saturdays to have a delicious Feijoada. Another one that I like very much would be one of my Brazil, one of my favorite Brazilian drinks. That in fact we do serve with feijoada. Mm-hmm. It's called caipirinha. Mm-hmm. So caipirinha would be a mixture of lemon with uh, cachaça or rum, or it could be vodka mm-hmm. um, with sugar. 
and that's a magic moment for me. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Though. So you can have like fish water for lunch, right. and then just maybe a glass or two of caipirinha. Mm. Um, if you're Enrique Anton, you might have three or four. <laughs> Not a good idea to work on a Saturday afternoon after that. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's delicious. Or um, you can have caipirinha, this uh, typical Brazilian di- uh, drink. Um, it's usually served at bars, uh, restaurants, um, anytime, um, on weekends, at clubs, uh, all over. Um, and I can take you on this wonderful journey in the Amazon region. Um, as I said, Manaus is this beautiful city uh, in the middle of the forest. Yeah. Uh, and then you can take a boat and go to the uh, jungle hotels, um, that are there, there's the meeting of the waters that is unique where the Solimoins River and the Black Rivers meet and the waters do not mix, the darker water and the clear water. So it's as if they're fighting each other and they never mix. Right. Um, that's like a beautiful thing to see when you're on this journey uh, on the river. And there are beautiful, uh, as I said, jungle hotels where you're in contact with nature, um, you know, and... Uh, 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 there's one called Ariau Towers, where, as I said, uh, the monkeys, you know, are around you. They come on your shoulders. You can talk to them in English or Portuguese. I don't know if going to answer. They have a good time with them. They they, they behave themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's amazing. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, uh, um, yes. Well, what, what, what's, what are the, what are the, the people like... Um, in these er- areas? In the rural areas? Um, yeah. Okay, uh, okay. The, uh, Manaus, as I said, is a very big city of right. almost 2 million inhabitants. So, you know, um, we we're, there's access to everything and it's a very modern city. Mm-hmm. I'm going to the rural areas. Things are a little different, of course. Like mm-hmm. any part of the world, I think, in the more rural... Uh, I don't know if I'm saying things are right. In some parts of the world, in more rural areas, mm-hmm. there's more poverty and there are more difficulties, you know, and um, and people are struggling. And I think it's basically the same. What I find very interesting um, is that I have the impression that knowledge, intelligence, uh, modernization, technology, these things sometimes rob us of our innocence. Mm-hmm. Um and, you know, I think these people in the rural areas, they enjoy life to the fullest. And they're unaware of a lot of these problems that we face in the, in the big cities. Mm. Um, on the day, because, you know, now we're more aware of a lot of things and we're struggling and we're running and we're going back and forth. And they really enjoy life. You know, it's like a very quiet space. Um, they're just thinking of the food for that day. Um, and you know something I, I find very very interesting um, on a Sunday, mm-hmm. you notice that okay, amidst this kind of what I would call disorganization, there is organization, uh, and I, it's typical. It's it's very visible, especially on a Sunday, where the guys um, come together to play soccer, mm-hmm. and you will see the two teams where all the men are beautifully dressed in their soccer uniforms, uh, um, this is a special day for them. Um, and they want to do their best, and the image is important. It's something, you know, that amazed me. Uh, this kind of organization, as I said, mm-hmm. um, discipline, 
within the rural areas, um, especially on a Sunday where soccer is concerned. We'll be right back. So, Enrique, what, how would you sum up your experience um, in Amazonia? Uh, I would sum it up as being like uh, a very rich experience, um, one of the richest experiences in my life. And uh, I'm so thankful to God. You know, um, when I look back, um, from uh, looking back to seeing where I was and, and you know, what I've become, um, I can only be thankful um, and with a lot of gratitude in my heart. And I, I, I can remember, um, you know, Mr. Fisk, the founder of Fisk, this mm. one of the most successful businessmen and one of the most successful executives, um, certainly in the world, who has um, one of the largest networks of language institutes in the world. Um, and to be in contact with this man who I met in 1983, and I remember his shaking my hand so firmly and looking into my eyes. Um, you know, he's always been a very great example. And um, having contact, like after opening my first school through the franchise system, and I remember two experiences that I, you know, I felt very, very interesting. Um, and I'm sure your audience, um, the audience can relate to what I'm saying. Um, so I remember one day I was going through a very uh, difficult period in my life. Um, I was going through a divorce, and you know, because uh, I think family it's, it's it's such an important thing, like mother, father, and children together, and everybody. I love that, and I wanted that. Um, but then things got out of control, and you know, I was like really down. And then one of our uh, franchise coordinators, one of our consultants from Fisk, from São Paulo. Um, he came to visit me in Manaus, mm. and he said, uh, well, Enrique, you know, we went to the tropical restaurant in the Amazon area, that beautiful restaurant, you know, in the middle of the jungle, and you could see the river and all that. Um, so we were having breakfast, and he said to me, well, Enrique, I have some news for you. I have some good news, and I have some bad news. <laughs> I said, well, in this state of my life, <laughs> you'd better give me the good news first. Let's right. forget the bad and he said, well, um, Mr. Fisk will be coming to visit you. And I said, you know, I was like, I said, no. So, I, you know, by the time he got his breakfast, I was like in tears. Mm. I said, no, this is unbelievable. One of the most successful businessmen is going to be leaving his, he doesn't visit schools anymore. Mm -hmm. He's 90 years old. Um, and he's going to be coming to visit me. Um I was I said, oh my God. So I cried, I think, every day for the next week <laughs> yeah, um, with emotion. I was so grateful for that. Mm. And then, um, you know, when I heard he was coming, I said, you know, I had a, a sports car. I said, no, I need to get uh, a beautiful car for Mr. Fisk. So I went <laughs> to the store and I bought a Toyota, a Hilux Toyota car because mm. I think he needed space. I said, you know, and... Um, <laughs> So when he arrived at Manaus, of course, we went to pick him up at the airport. Um, you know, we had the signs and a lot of people, and um, there was this musician playing the violin. Um, to really, uh, he deserves all of that and much more. So I got a driver to pick him up, and by the time he got into the car, I had forgotten that I'd left a CD in the car. <laughs> I was on the 
the highest volume. So by the time Mr. Fitz got into the car, the music came on, and there was Madonna singing Celebration. <laughs> he's 90 years old, and he's listening to Celebration by Madonna. And I said, oh, Mr. Fisk, I'm so sorry. And then I turned to him, and I said, Mr. Fisk, I did something. I don't know if you're going to like it, because he always asked me to be to focus. Mm. Um, um, there are a lot of expenses when you're a businessman. You have to take care of your bills and not spend extravagantly sometimes. So I said, Mr. Fisk, I did something. I don't know if you're going to like it. But I bought this car for you because of you. And he turned to me and he said, I'm not upset. I'm happy because nobody has ever done this for me before. And I said, great. You know, that made my day. And I was like, um, so <clears throat> um, so happy and so overjoyed. Cool. And <clears throat> I'm sorry. No, I remember going to the airport and um, to say goodbye. And then he turned to me and he said, um, I never told him about my divorce, never mentioned anything. Mm -hmm. I just got the impression that probably somebody did, and that's why he decided to visit me in Manaus. Mm. So when he was, when I was saying goodbye to him, I turned to him and I gave him a hug and I said, Mr. Fisk, can I tell you something? Thank you for existing, <laughs> and thank you for making the difference in my life. And he turned to me and he said, take good care of your children. Uh, and then I said, oh my God, is that why he came to visit me? <laughs> Um, I thought that was amazing. Mm -hmm. And the other one, I think this was the moment that um, was important in my life to reconfirm the decision of starting a new cycle and of moving on. Um, because, you know, sometimes I think um, we... I had the desire. I knew this is what I had to do, Neville. Mm -hmm. um, and I had already negotiated the schools in Amazonas, in Manaus, and in Itacoachiar. But in a certain way, I wanted to, even though I know I'll be busy with university, going to school, I have to dedicate myself, I have to study hard, I wanted to hold on to one in Acre, in Rio Branco. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like talking to myself and talking to my angel sister, Vanessa, you know, sometimes we have to let go, and we have to let go completely mm -hmm. to start over. So, um, and I did that. Mm. Uh, Mr. Fisk helped again in the process. You know, I was privileged to be at his 90th birthday party in Sao Paulo. When I got that invitation, I said, oh, glorious, what a glorious day that is going to be. So um, I was there. We had a, um, there were people from all over the, over the world, his family from the United States, um, executives from the other Fisk organizations from Argentina, um, else and elsewhere, and from all states in uh, in Brazil, and then um, almost at the end of the party, I just decided to go to the to the restroom, and as I was leaving, I saw Mr. Fisk leaving with his bodyguard, and um, <clears throat> he looked at me, and he smiled, and he said goodbye. Um, that made my not day that made my year and you know i think that confirmed that i had done an excellent job over the past 30 years and that it was okay to move on um that was like okay it was okay to end that cycle and to start another one that is going to be as magnificent and brilliant and productive as the first and that's the goal the talent we have every one of us um, the energy we have, um, 
the inspiration is going to come. We just need to take advantage of it all. Um, and as I said, every one of us, every one of us has a beautiful story, and every one of us has potential that we can take advantage of and be the most successful people in our lives and be the best, of course. Yeah, thank you so much for that. Thank you. Well, before Enrique Anton plays our game today, let's find out what that change is. For personal pleasure mm-hmm. and probably to be able to impact others more. So I just said, okay, starting over, where? Going to a university. Uh, end a beautiful, fantastic professional career where you, you know, you've conquered everything that you possibly can. And you just say no to all of that. And you say, okay, I'm ready for a bachelor's because I don't have one. Um, so the starting over, it's starting over with a bachelor's. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I don't want to talk about the master's and the PhD because that's the future. Mm-hmm. Um, that Those are going to be other challenges. So I'm focusing on the moment in doing a bachelor's because I don't have one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have one. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important, you know, like um, to... to to set to, to set an example to others mm-hmm. that you can start over at any age. You can start over at the age of 49, mm-hmm. um, 50, 55, 60. You can just um, go to university, master um, in a particular area of studies that you've chosen, and um, that's it. Well, Anton, it is game time. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, well, this game comes from the SBL series. In the series, we have come upon the hustler, the riddler, and the clown. There are many other intriguing characters, including 12CX Store, GAN2F6Y, and XZ9Q. We've come upon the sage. And we will soon meet two of the most powerful beings in the universe. And there is a yogi. The yogi says we are all on a journey along a winding road, and eventually we'll come to a fork in the road. Enrique, you have come to your fork in the road. You must now choose between the path called Redo and the path called Reboot. Okay. Redo. Okay, so you will redo. You know what? I think I'm going to ask some help. Uh, okay, there's a lady listening to us right now. She's sitting <laughs> on so She's so beautiful. Hey, gorgeous lady, can you help me the answer? What do you think? Um, oh, yeah, I'm talking to you. You're listening to us. Okay. Okay, she says redo, and I'm going with her. Redo. Redo. Yeah. Okay. Why Why are you choosing redo? Just because she said so? Um, well, she's, you know... Uh, um, I think women, they have an intuition that very often we men do not have. So I'm going with her. Thank you, beautiful lady. You're so beautiful. (laughs) Okay. Enrique, along this route are only three destinations. If you're going along the road of faith to faith, friends and family, Uh you'll have to travel with a monkey. If you go along the road of to find health, wealth, and happiness, you'll have to travel along the road with a donkey. Okay. If you're heading to the road of peace, love, and tranquility, you will have to travel with a tarantula spider. Okay. 
So, Henrique, now you must make a choice okay. of who you're willing to travel to and where you're trying to get to. Okay, she's saying no, no, no. That beautiful lady that I told you about that is sitting on the sofa, she said, no, 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 it's up to you now. Okay, I love you, okay? Uh, well, I think I'm going to go along with faith, friends, and family. So you're traveling with a monkey? I'm traveling with a monkey, yeah. Oh, how? We have a lot of those in Amazonas, you know, so... So yeah. you're, you're, you're accustomed to travel with a monkey. Yeah, How do you think yeah, that experience yeah. will go? Yeah, you know, like having lunch and then the, the, um, when we go to like some jungle hotels, mm -hmm. um, a little, uh, uh, some of the jungle hotels in Manaus, so you'd be having lunch or, or something, walking around and there are monkeys coming on your shoulders and, you know, like sitting around you and they're doing their thing. So, okay, I think I'll... You can I'll, handle it. You can handle travel with a monkey. That. Well, okay. that's good. Enrique, I am so glad that you were willing to come to us on the program. I'm glad to be able to talk to you after these many years. You have swollen my head beyond its capacity. Uh, muito obrigado. Uh, muito obrigado would be thank you very much in Portuguese. And, um, you know, I just loved it. I just loved being in your program. If I was looking forward to this, and, I'm, and, and um, I think one of the lessons that we can learn, your audience and all of us, um, one of the lessons, or maybe two, I think one is, um, if you have something in your heart, um, beautiful, um, that you want to tell another person, somebody who's impacted you or somebody's helped you, um, you should let them know. The other one would be to be grateful. I think one of the key words that I've, um, that has become a part of my life over the last 30 years would be gratitude. Uh. So I'm, I'm extremely grateful to everybody um, who's extended, who's lent a helping hand. And I think if each of us can um, try to become a better human being, focused in on the most important things in life, um, not money, nor wealth, nor fame, but just making a lasting impression on other people and um, going along this journey, which is beautiful. Um, in the end, we can say, I love this life, or I loved this life. Uh, we can sing like Frank Sinatra in the end of it. I did it my way, and I did it in a beautiful way. It's okay for me to say I've done a good job. And Neville, you've done a fantastic job. <laughs> well, thank you so much. I appreciate that. Ah, claro. Então, eu vou dizer para os meus amigos no Brasil, um, são pessoas queridas, ótimas, que eu adoro, um, tem que sintonizar, tem que escutar uh, este programa, tem que dar audiência. E um, eu agradeço a todas as pessoas do Brasil que me impactaram de forma assim profunda, um, que foi, foram 30 anos maravilhosos, muito bem vividos, um, com muita essência e plenitude. Um, e o Neville pediu para desejar um feliz, ano, um feliz 2013 para todos. Ah, ok, I left the, the last part I mentioned that you were wishing a happy 2013 to everybody. Thank you so much. Thank you. See you next week.